Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to the Preston Shuttlesworth Audio Podcast, a place where we believe you can be equipped to conquer any obstacle in life through the power of God's Word. We have a mission and believe that whatever problem you might be facing, God has a word that can lift you out of your trouble. Now, here's your host, Preston Shuttlesworth. What's up and welcome back to the podcast. Glad you're back with me for another episode. And uh, today I wanted to do a podcast about prayer. And right now, as we all know, uh, the church and many churches around the world in America are in this place where we're fasting and we're praying. And we're actually coming to the end of that now. If your church began your fasting and prayer time in the uh, beginning of January, some I know start later in the month or uh, different times. So obviously, I don't know when your fasting and praying will come to an end. But for us, our fasting and praying as a church and as a body is coming to an end this Saturday. And so I felt to speak about prayer because I think many times, sadly, Christians know that they're supposed to pray, but they never really understand what their role is in prayer. And I want you to understand today that prayer is not, you know, some religious obligation that you have to do uh, to be a Christian. It's not something that's supposed to be a routine or traditional or just some religious exercise. Prayer is communing with God, first of all, and it's a time where you can demonstrate and ask God for things with the authority that he's given you. And I want to show you from the Bible today why God asks us to pray, and more importantly, how you can have more uh, consistent answers to your prayer, because I don't want you to go through your life frustrated with this feeling that prayer is unnecessary or that prayer is just something that we have to do, but God won't come through for us. You know, we're not Muslims or some other religion that we pray just out of obligation and devotion, though we do pray for those reasons. But understand, like when Muslims pray, they pray five times a day. They have a call to prayer in their cities and their towns where everyone in the village, when they hear the call to prayer, whatever they're doing, they stop doing. If they're working, they stop working and they get on their knees and they pray. And while that's admirable that they do that five times a day, obviously they pray much more than the average Christian does. But when they pray, they pray with zero expectation that their God will do anything for them. Their entire prayer time is just spent in devotion and adoration. And you might say, well, isn't that awesome? But you know, really, that's not the Christian idea of prayer because I talked about it a little bit in the last episode, but God is looking for partnership. God is looking for someone that will come into agreement with him by covenant so that he can work through us as vessels to bring his will on the earth and to establish his promise and his kingdom upon the earth. And so when we pray, our prayer should reflect what God's ultimate agenda is. And God's agenda and God's plan is to bring the kingdom of heaven to the earth and understand that God can't do that by himself because God doesn't live in a human body. God doesn't have a flesh nature. God came to the earth as a man in the form of Christ Jesus, but that time has came and that time is gone now. And now 
that responsibility falls to us as the believer to carry on the authority that Christ carried while we're on the earth. That's why the Bible says that the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead now dwells in you and me. The purpose of Jesus was to demonstrate what's possible when somebody who is a man possesses the Spirit of God. And it was the first time that people began to see the potential of a man whose life is given to God. And you might say, well, that's Jesus. Well, Jesus, when, when he taught the disciples, like in John 14, you remember the disciples asked him to show, him the father, show them the Father. And Jesus said, how can you say show us the Father if you've seen me. Because if you've seen me, then you've seen my Father. Because I don't say a thing unless the Father tells me to say it, and I don't do a thing unless the Father permits me to do it. And so, understand Jesus, though he was the Son of God, was really just walking in the obedience and doing the things that God told him to do, and that's why he walked it with such authority and had such power and did so many mighty, mighty things while he was on the earth. It wasn't because, you know, he was selected randomly or won the lottery or just because he was Jesus. It was because of his actions that God was able to use Christ in a way that he never used anybody before. But Jesus said in that same chapter, he said that the things that you see me do, even greater things shall ye do. But that, that, that's why today I want to take time from this podcast to teach you how you can walk in the authority of Christ because you carry the same spirit and how those things can stem all from your prayer life. And I want to begin in Matthew chapter 7 because the first thing I want to deal with is that when you pray, you don't pray as a beggar and you don't pray as an orphan because God has given us something very precious and that thing is sonship in him, that no longer are we orphans, no longer do we not have a father, but now we have a relationship with our God that's similar to a relationship between a loving father and a child. And we're going to find that in Matthew chapter 7, and I'm going to begin reading in uh, verse 7. The Bible says, ask, this is Jesus speaking, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find knock and it will be opened to you for everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks it will be opened or which one of you if his son asked him for a piece of bread would give him a stone or if he asked for a fish would give him a serpent if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more Will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those that ask him? Obviously, Christ in that uh, text there is referring to prayer. And he likens the relationship in prayer with God to the analogy of a father and a hungry child. That if we are in that scenario, the child, and we come to God and we ask for something that we need, then God is not some evil, abusive father that will refuse to give us what we're praying for. No, Jesus said that if you being evil men know how to give good gifts to your children, that you would give them bread if they were hungry and ask for bread, 
then think of it in the realms of the supernatural. Think of it in the realms of God being your heavenly father and not just a good earthly father. Think of how much more God will do and grant to those that ask him in prayer. And so today, firstly, I want you to understand that you don't have to live your life with this poverty mentality and you have to be filled with worry every single day because you don't know if God's going to come through on his promises and you don't know whether God wants to bless you or keep you poor. You don't know if God wants to teach you a lesson by making you sick and not healing your body. You know, a lot of confusion arises from bad doctrine because people spend so much time listening to preaching that tells them that God wants them to be sick and God wants them to suffer and that God wants them to go through pain and all these sorts of things because in the end it will make you stronger and in the end it's going to teach you a lesson. And I'm not saying today that there won't be trials and problems in life, but what I'm saying is God gave us the authority and a covenant right as children to ask and make requests, and then he comes through on those requests. God's not going to hear your desperate cry for help, that you need something to happen, that you know, you're struggling financially, you're asking God for wisdom in a job, you're asking God for favor with your boss, and then God's like, eh, they'll be fine. I got bigger things to take care of. You know, that's not the nature of God. God knows your every need and he loves you with all of his heart. Firstly, I want you to understand that God is going to bless you because he loves you. God answers our prayers because he loves us. God is not some abusive father that is not concerned with his children, but he hears the cry of his children and he answers our request. So when you pray, I want you to pray. After listening to this podcast, I want you to pray with the understanding that you are God's child, that you are God's son or you are God's daughter. And because you are a child of God, you have inheritance. You have an heir right to ask God of things that you need. And then also when you pray, pray from the Bible. People get into trouble when they try to pray outside of the Bible because then they don't know if what they're praying is something God wants to give them or doesn't want to give them. You can pray for things like healing because you know that there are scripture upon scripture upon scripture about how God will heal your body. You can pray for finances and blessing Because you see in the Bible that there's scripture after scripture after scripture that God wants to give blessing to his children. He doesn't want them to be beggars, for I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor God's children begging for bread. So God doesn't want you to be starving and sick and then up to your neck with hospital bills and not able to pay your rent and not able to pay your mortgage and have to be filled with anxiety and fear about what your future is going to be. That is not in the nature of our father, God. God wants you to have a good life. God wants you to have a body that's healed and strong and capable of performing his work that he's given you. God wants you to be so financially blessed that you don't have to be dependent upon, you know, a man, or if you're in a ministry on another minister or a pastor to bless you. But God wants to be Jehovah Jireh in your life. God wants you to understand 
that he first is your source and anything else that comes is just extra. But God is the one that is your sustainer, your source of blessing, the healer of your body, the savior of your soul. God is the one that wants you to live in perfect peace. And that is the nature of our God. God wants to answer our prayers. And so when you pray, you don't have to pray like a lot of Christians pray because a lot of Christians pray with like this guilt mentality that they're embarrassed to make requests to God, that they, you know, feel like they, they're bothering God when they pray. And so when they pray, they have nothing to say because they're so embarrassed about the things that they're believing for. They don't even think to bring it up to God, but God wants to hear the desire of your heart. Because first of all, God knows your thoughts. So God already knows what you need before you ask it. But there's a power that is activated when you release your words and line it up with God's word. And then your faith comes alive. And then you enter into that covenant with God, where now God's uh, desire to give you something has come into agreement with your spoken word of faith that comes by the word of God. When those things meet, that is the greatest combo in the history of the world because God's desire for you will never change, but then it's up to you and your word and your prayer life to line up with what God wants to give you. And so that's what I want you to understand today, that you can pray with newfound authority when you understand your identity in Christ. And your identity in Christ is that you are a son or a daughter of God. And I want to read to you a verse out of Matthew chapter 16. And this is a verse that I think I've read, you know, seven times already on these podcasts, but it's one of my favorite verses in the Bible because Jesus came to bring authority to the believer. Jesus didn't come to make Christians weaker. He, he, there weren't even Christians when Jesus came, obviously, but Jesus didn't come to make the kingdom weaker. He came to make the, the kingdom stronger. He came to give us things, not take things away. His purpose was not to make life harder. His purpose was to make life easier. You know, in Matthew 11, Jesus didn't say, are any of you uh, weary? You know, come unto me and I'll show you how hard life can be. Are any of you uh, seeking for rest? Well, come unto me and I'll give you something that's so stressful and so burdensome that then you'll really understand how hard life can be. No, Jesus said, are any of you weary? Are any of you tired and broken and beaten down by life? Then come unto me and I will give you rest for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus is a God of deliverance. He's a God of blessing. He's a God that will take you to a greater level. He's a God that will not leave you stranded. He's a God that will take you farther than you ever could have gone without him. He's a good God. You know, it's sad that we have to spend so much time on these kinds of things, but it's something in the body of Christ that not everyone understands that God is a good God. He loves his children. He wants you to have open doors in the ministry. If you want to be in the ministry, and I was thinking about it today in our prayer meeting at church, but God doesn't want you to be frustrated. God doesn't want you to think, you know, how am I going to make it in ministry? And how am I going to be able to get married one day? And how am I going to be able to pay a mortgage and support a family doing full-time ministry and have your mind full of worries and doubts? That's not his desire. God will never let you down. God will never let you down. He takes the beggar from the dunghill, the Bible says, and he sets him among the princes. When you make a decision, hear me 
today, when you make a decision to link up with God and obey God and listen to his word, he will take you to levels that you never could have gotten to without his help. And when you really understand that, when you pray, you pray with the authority that God is already working on your behalf and he's making everything all right. He's going to work everything for your good. He's not going to disappoint you. He's not going to give you a false promise or speak an empty word to you. For God is not a man that he should lie nor the son of man that he should change his mind about you. God has made his mind up about you. Now it's time for you to make up your mind about him. Choose you this day whom you shall serve, who will be on the Lord's side. For the eyes of the Lord search to and fro, seeking for someone whose heart is fixed upon him. Hallelujah. The Bible says that when you commit your ways unto the Lord and in all your ways acknowledge him, he will make your path straight. It's not about God's will to heal you. That's established. It's not about God's will to give you direction for your future. He wants to. What life is about is for you personally to make a decision with action that you're going to follow God all the days of your life and that one day you'll spend your eternity in heaven. Hallelujah. For he has anointed your head with oil. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. That's why I can't understand how someone can read the Bible every day they can go to seminary school, they can go to Bible college, and they never can see that God is a good God. Understand that today. Our God is a good God. Our God wants to answer our prayers. Our God wants to wipe the tears from our eyes. He wants to give us joy instead of mourning. He wants to turn around every evil situation from the devil into a good situation. That's a testimony. God didn't send the evil, but God will take away the evil. God wants to set you high. God, the Bible says in Proverbs 4, the Bible says that the path of the righteous is like the breaking of dawn, and it shines brighter and brighter until the fullness of day. God wants you to increase. God wants you to multiply. God wants you to go forward and never backward. God wants you to be the head and not the tail. God wants you to experience victory after victory, not defeat after defeat. And God wants you to be blessed and have peace, not to be in poverty and have stress and anxiety and fear. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. That's who God is and that's who he'll always be for his people. And I want you to get that today. One thing I've spent a lot of time on when I come on this podcast, is always telling you that God has a good plan for your life, that God's will is revealed by his word, and God's word is one of destiny and future and hope. God's way is the best way. That's something I want you to understand. When you choose to link up with God, there's no better alternative. There's no other path that you could have chosen that would have been better. God's way is the best way. And when you pray, you can pray with that understanding. And when you finally begin to pray, hear me, when you finally begin to pray with your 
understanding of the authority you have by Christ Jesus, that that same spirit that raised him from the dead dwells in you, that your Holy Spirit filled, and now you have the ability to move mountains, just like Jesus said, that you can speak to mountains and tell them to move, and then by your word, spoken by faith, you can move the mountain. Obviously, it's God's power that does it, but it's voice activated by your own words. God's power is available to everybody, but only the few that voice activate it by speaking it are the ones that enjoy the fruits of it. God has so many promises in the Bible, but if you don't apply them to your life and speak them over your life and actually apply action to what God's word established, you'll never see one promise of the Bible in your life. And I don't want that to be your story. I don't want you to be frustrated and see all the things in the Bible that the Bible says you can have, and then you can never have one of them. You never see God do one thing or work one miracle because you never had the authority to speak it in the name of Jesus and make it come to pass. You might say, well, that's all well and good, but can't you see the circumstance? Can't you see how life is presently? Well, understand that though there are issues and problems in life, faith is the victory that overcomes the world. The world might be in turmoil, but God's people have been delivered from the world. God brought us out of the world system. He gave us a better way. We've escaped the corruption of the nature of the world. Hallelujah. That's what Jesus came to do, to offer us a way out so that we live in the world, but we are not of the world, that we have been bought with a price, we've been separated by the anointing of the Holy Ghost, and now we're not like everybody else. We have had our spirits regenerated by the Holy Ghost, and now we have an authority that can push back the kingdom of hell in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to go to Philippians chapter 2 because I really want to drive these points home because I don't like preaching that makes you feel like everything, you know, is just kind of up in the air and it's all by chance and, you know, what's going to happen is going to happen. No, we've been given authority to rebuke the devil and we've been given a name that is above every name that we pray by. And we're going to find that in Philippians chapter 2. The Bible says this, have this mind among yourselves in verse five, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, hallelujah, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father." So understand today, secondly, first of all, I talked about how your, your identity in God is a child 
and that God loves you like a father and he wants good things to be in your life and he doesn't want you to struggle and be in sickness and lack and to deal with the things of the world because he delivered you from the world. Secondly, what I want you to understand from this episode is that God gave us a name by which we can pray. It's the name that he gave to his very own only begotten son, Christ Jesus, the name of Jesus, that when you pray, hallelujah, you can pray with the authority of Christ Jesus because the name has been given to you. It's the same concept as a uh, concept as if, you know, you were sent to deliver a message for somebody and then they signed off with their name. So maybe you didn't have the authority to carry that message, but the person that sent you had the authority. Well, that's what God did with us, that there's a message that needs to be preached. There's things that need to be done, and he's used us as messengers to send that message. But then at the end, he signed off with his very own name. Hallelujah. The name of Jesus. And so answer me this question. If Jesus has signed off on the things that you pray, then who can stop them? Whose authority is greater than the authority of Christ Jesus? Because when we pray, we pray in Jesus' name. And maybe you've never understood why we pray in Jesus' name. But the reason that we pray in that name is because there is no other name that is greater than the name of Jesus. For at that name, the Bible says, every knee should bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord. And so when we pray in the name of Jesus, we pray with the greatest authority that's ever been given throughout the history of humankind. You have the authority of Christ Jesus when you pray. And when you understand that, think of how your prayers will change. That you're not just praying your will, you're praying God's will. Because if you're praying by the word of God and Jesus has signed off on it and you have the authority of Christ, then tell me who will stop the Lord? Who is greater than our God? Who is mightier than Jesus? The Bible says in Philippians 2, I'll read it again, that every knee should bow in heaven, on the earth, and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So hear this today. Not only do we have the authority to control things that are on the earth? But the Bible says we've been given a name to pray by that has authority in heaven, on the earth, and under the earth. In every realm, there is no authority greater than the authority of Christ Jesus. Praise God. And he gave that authority to you and me. So I'm tired of people preaching fear into people's hearts and making them feel like they have no power, that they're powerless and helpless, and that they have no chance. No, the body of Christ is strong. You and I, Holy Spirit-filled believers, are strong because Christ lives on the inside of you and me. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the ability to pray in Jesus' name. And when we speak the Word of God, the Word of God must come to pass and nothing can stop it. Praise God. And so today, we're talking about having authority and understanding your authority when you pray. Because you're not just praying to fulfill some religious obligation like it's Christian push-ups. You know, did you do your 
push-ups today? Did you do your praying for the day? That's not what praying is. Praying is communing with God, hearing God's voice, and then praying is requesting things by authority and making things happen in the earth because God is looking for someone who will make requests to him that will move his heart. And that's what we do when we pray. So he's given you, first of all, an identity as a son and as a daughter in him. He's given you the authority of the name of Jesus to pray and that nothing can stop it in heaven, on the earth or under the earth. And then I want to show you something about the power of faith in 1 John chapter 5. And we're going to read it together. And so when we're praying during these 21 days, whenever that started for you, I hope this podcast helps you understand how your prayers can move the heart of God and actually see change in your world. We're not Muslims. We don't pray empty religious prayers and do, you know, uh, just meaningless things and say meaningless things that will produce nothing. But we pray to a living God that answers the cries of his people and he hears the desires of our hearts. And we're going to read in 1 John 4, excuse me, 1 John 5, about overcoming the world. Because people right now are so consumed with the things of the world. And I understand that in the natural, things are going on right now that would be discouraging if you didn't understand your authority in Christ. But that's why we don't have fear here. We don't have fear in our church in Virginia Beach. And if you listen to these podcasts, I want to preach fear out of your spirit because fear is a demonic tactic and it's something that shouldn't be in your spirit. And that's why it grieves my heart when pastors and preachers take so much time just to talk about the negative and to fill people's minds with anxiety and preach fear into their spirit. That's not why I'm here. That's not why God called me into the ministry. I'm not here to make your life harder. I'm not here to give you words that will just discourage you and make you think that everything's falling around you and everything's headed for trouble. I want to give you a message that reminds you of the power of God and that how the body of Christ is the most powerful body in the entire world, that God will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. It doesn't matter who's president. There will always be a faithful remnant that will push the agendas of God and establish his kingdom. It doesn't matter if the policies are anti-church or for the church. God will build his church. Everything else is just extra. Everything else is just the icing on the cake. But God will build his church and he's going to use me and you to do it. And I want to show you some more text today about the power of faith and the power of your words. And we're going to find that in 1 John chapter 5. The Bible says this, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of Him. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and obey His commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God, hallelujah, 
overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? I love that verse. I'm going to read it again. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? One thing I want you to understand as we're coming to a close on today's podcast is that victory is reserved for God's children. Victory is reserved for you and for me. And people right now are in this mindset that God lost, the church lost, our prayers failed, it didn't matter. But understand, the world will never experience victory, ever. They might think they won. People that hate God might think they won. But trust me, this is such a small blimp on the radar for God in the entire agenda that he has for the world and for the future that we're going into. You know, if Donald Trump won the election, at the most, it was just four more years. And then there's another election where there'll be corrupt people running. And, you know, I'm not saying Trump was perfect, but he was a pro-church president and pro-Israel. And he held true to what he said he was going to do when he was running for president. But understand, at the most, it was four more years, and then someone else was going to take his place. And so our life is not based on temporary, it's based on the eternal. That's an entire principle from the Word of God in Christianity, that we're not worried about the temporary, we understand the eternal, and that's what we live our life for. And so victory belongs to the child of God. True victory is a life given to Christ Jesus. True victory is when you escape from the world and you give, you gain access to something greater than yourself, which is a new life in, in God, in Jesus. And so I want you to understand that, that they might think they won. They might try to mock the church or mock the body of Christ, but victory is reserved for God's children. So when you pray, you pray from the standpoint of victory. You don't pray for victory. You pray from victory. You pray from the standpoint that you're a champion in God, that God has given you the victory. We're not praying for things to happen. We're thankful that God did all the things he already did. And now we're trying to win the loss before Jesus comes back for his church. People spend so much time fighting battles that have already been fought for them by God. People spend so much time fighting battles that Jesus already came and conquered. We don't have to fight for the doctrine of healing. Christ made healing available to his children. We don't have to fight for salvation. We can ask God for salvation because Jesus shed his blood and accomplished that work. People spend so much time worried about things outside of their control. That is not the role of a believer. It's not your role to worry about things that are outside of your control. You get into prayer, you get into the word of God, and you pray heaven down to your generation. You go out and you take the word out to your generation. That's what makes the difference. Worrying and anxiety and complaining and reposting negative things on your Instagram is not going to help anybody. Congratulating Joe Biden on his presidency 
It's not helping anybody. You're a minister. You're not a politician. Stop trying to play both sides of the fence. Be someone that understands that Jesus is the answer. I'm not here to gratify people and for people to like me. I'm here to have God approve of my life. If God approves of me, I could care less about anybody else's opinion. If God blesses you, if God's the one that's your source and your open door, then wouldn't you do anything you could just to please him? Forget everybody else. Please God, have your life be something, a testimony that you can say, God, I did everything with what you gave me. I multiplied with what you gave me. I, that's what I want to say to God one day. Not that I spent my time sitting on my hands worried about everything and preaching fear into people's hearts and being like the world. God, I want to be able to tell you one day that I gave it my everything. I won as many souls as I could before you came back. I I want to be able to say that one day. So people need to stop spending so much time in worry and defeat and anxiety. Get on your feet again. Get a fight back in your spirit and understand that God will make everything come to pass by his word only if your confession lines up with what God has already said. That's authority in prayer. That's authority in prayer. It's by the word of God, it's by faith activated by your words, and it's by the belief that God will come through on his promises. We're not religious people, we're not pagans or Muslims that pray empty religious sayings that mean nothing. When we pray, we get down to business. We call things that are, are not as though they were. For faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. Well, I don't see it yet. Well, pray. Pray, pray until it happens. What if that was the same response and mentality of the prophet in the Old Testament? When God told him there was going to be a rain coming and there was no rain. And he began to pray and he sent a servant out and the servant went out and there was no cloud in the sky. There was no rain. There was nothing. So he came back to where the prophet was and said, eh, I guess you're wrong. It's not going to happen, you know. That's great that God told you that thing was going to happen, but eh, it didn't happen. You were wrong. You're a false prophet. You know, like a lot of these young ministers calling everybody false prophets. You know, be careful. Be very careful. And what does the Bible says the prophet did? The Bible says the prophet said, go look again. And he began to pray again. And they had that exchange seven times in a row where the prophet sent out the servant to look and there was no cloud and there was no rain and he came back in and gave a negative report that there's no rain, what you said God was going to do didn't happen and the prophet sent him back out again and he came back again, happened seven times until finally on the seventh time when he sent him out the seventh time, he looked and he saw a cloud the size of a man's hand and God came through on that promise and eventually... The Bible says there was such a great torrential downpour of rain that it flushed horses and chariots and they couldn't even ride on their horses and chariots because of the amount of rain that came. So God came through on his promise. He's just looking for someone that won't give up when the first time it's not there. But you know the problem with Christians? They pray once and then when it doesn't happen, they get disappointed and disheartened and they don't believe God anymore and they try to go somewhere else. Find some alternative method. 
and they miss it because faith is dedicated. Faith prays again and again and again. Faith speaks the same thing again and again and again. It knocks and it knocks, it seeks, it seeks until the door's opened, until it finds the thing it was looking for. Don't give up the first time you pray and it doesn't happen. Have authority to understand when you pray, this thing's going to move out of your way. Well, I guess the mountains don't move for me. I guess they move for other people. Pray again. Well, I guess it only happens for some people. I guess God doesn't want to work that way in my life. It's a lie. He's no respecter of persons. It's not about who you are. It's about your dedication by faith to speak the word of God until you see a result, till you see the manifestation of what you're believing for. Don't give up so easily. That's weak. It's weak. Don't be a modern Christian that gives up at the first sign of conflict and an obstacle. Pray until God comes through for you. Fast. Why do you think we fast for 21 days and not a day or a meal? Because when you consistently give God time to work, there's a powerful transition into higher levels of answers. You think we fast and pray because we're out of our mind? You think we don't eat food for 21 days because we're crazy? No. When we fast and when we pray, it's a sign to God first that we love you. We worship you. I'd rather pray and fast than eat my dinner or have a cheeseburger because God, you're my priority. We do it for 21 days because there's something that breaks through in the spirit when there's a consistent dedication to pray to God and sacrifice your flesh and your carnal nature. But people give up before God can do what he wants to do. Don't give up. Pray and pray with authority by the word of God. And God will come through for you every single time. You have authority by covenant right. You're a child of the living God. Jehovah Jireh is your father. Hallelujah. Jehovah Rapha is your father. Jehovah Nisi is your father. You have victory. You have health. And you have provision in Jesus' mighty name. You're not going backward. You're not the tail. You're not going to be the borrower. You'll be the lender in Jesus' name. You don't have to worry about finances. You know, people talk so much about the prosperity gospel when in reality, when you don't have money, you think about it way more than if you had a lot of money. These people think about money all the time and then they get mad when people talk about money. You think about it more than anybody. You're a liar. It doesn't matter. It does matter. How are you going to go on missions trips and provide Bibles and food and clothing to children? How are you going to build a ministry and a church? How are you going to establish anything without provision from God? I'm not going to build it with sticks and sand. You need financial backing to preach the gospel. Billy Graham, one of the probably the greatest evangelists that ever lived, was also one of the richest ministers that ever lived. I think his ministry now, even though he's been dead for years, takes in more money than any other ministry on the earth. You think that's a coincidence or do you think there's no correlation with that? The people that do the much the most need the most to take the gospel to their generation. God's going to do something great in your life. 
but he needs your cooperation. He needs your agreement. He needs your yes. When you pray, pray with that understanding. You have authority. I'm not angry today. I'm just tired of Christians that are so passive that they just get beat up by life and they let the devil just discourage them every single day. Be strong in the Lord, in the power of his might. You serve a great God. You serve a great God. He's strong. He's mighty. There's no one like him. There's no one more highly exalted than he is. There's no one higher than our God. Our God is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. When he speaks, what he speaks come to, comes to pass. He's not a liar like men are, like politicians are. He comes through. God will come through for you this year in the mighty name of Jesus when you pray with the understanding of your authority in Christ Jesus. You're a son and you're a daughter of God or a daughter of God. You pray in the most, with the most powerful sign-off in the, in the world, the name of Jesus. Pray by the Bible. Let every request that you make to God have scripture that backs it up. Pray in faith. Pray big requests. Understand that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. God's not embarrassed to hear you. God's not like, ugh, I got to stop what I'm doing and hear such and such and so and so. They're so annoying. You know, that's not God. He's a loving father. He loves you. He wants to hear your voice. He wants you to make requests. He wants to come through for you. But he needs you to come into partnership with him by understanding the word of God, praying in authority, and making your request that you pray biblically. And that's a way you can see increased answers to your prayer. And also, you'll never be disappointed again. Because the root of disappointment is based in the disbelief in what God already said. The root of disappointment is disbelief in what God already said. That's, that's where all disappointment comes from. You disbelieve. You don't believe the word of God anymore that he gave you. And that's where the broken hearts come from. That's where the grieving spirits come from. That's where sorrow comes from. You believe something else more than what God has spoken to you. But that won't be your story. It's going to be a great year for you. Your prayer life's going to a new level in Jesus' name. I want to pray for you before we go today. Father, I thank you for this time on the podcast. I thank you, Father, that the prayer lives of every single person that listened to this today or whenever they're listening is increasing in authority. I thank you that they understand today that they are a child of you, that they have covenant rights, that they have an inheritance, that you love them, that you are a loving Father and you love to hear them pray and you love to answer the desires of their heart. Father, I thank you that their prayer life will be based and rooted in your word, that they'll never turn to some other method to pray by, but God, they will always use your word as the lampstand and the light that it is to show them the paths they should go and the things that they should pray. Father, I thank you most of all 
for the precious blood of Jesus and also the name of Jesus that you've given to us to pray by, that there's no other name that's greater than it, that every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and that you have given us that name as the sign-off of the authority of your power. When we pray, we can see mighty things happen because the authority that rests in the powerful name of Jesus. Father, I pray all of these things in that same wonderful, powerful name, the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, I love you today. I hope this podcast encouraged you. It's going to be a great year. Your prayer life's going to new levels. It's going to be the best year you've had in your ministry if you're in the ministry. God will speak to you about Bible school if you're about to graduate high school in the spring, possibly. And you don't have to worry about anything. God's got it under control. I believe that. And he's looking for people just like you and me that are not going to compromise the Bible. And we're not going to go out of partnership and covenant with him to go somewhere else. But we're going to see God's will established in our generation in the mighty name of Jesus. Before we go today, I just want to remind you that if you feel to partner with this ministry, as we take the gospel to a new generation, you can partner with me through my website, PrestonShuttlesworth.com. And you can find the giving tab there and partner with me there. And we're going to be traveling soon. Uh, got some things lined up. It's going to be a great year. We're going to do things that we didn't do last year. We're going to go farther. We're going to have more open doors in the ministry to preach, more souls saved, more people healed. It's going to be wonderful. You're going up in Jesus' name. And finally, I just want to tell you, I love you. God loves you. And I'll talk to you very soon. Thank you for listening to the Preston Shuttlesworth Audio Podcast. To stay connected with Preston and for booking information, make sure to follow him on social media on Instagram and stay tuned for our upcoming ministry website. For more episodes, please subscribe and make sure to come back here every Friday for brand new weekly content.